It's our draft we kit are, episode. We are running on fumes. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, what's good? This coffee pure, really made it through that pure, intro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're running on pure caffeine. Uh, I don't even know if I'm a human right now. The other person that I want to talk about here is is Will Fuller, man. Uh, oh, I'm glad you brought him up because yeah. he was he was a close second for me. Oh, yeah. man. Revealing just all a, of our final secrets uh, to yeah. each other. Just, just laughing like a bunch of schoolgirls. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, about the uh, guys we have crushes yeah. on. Yeah. I swear, one of these times I will get on the show. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> you want me to? I'll read that one. Yeah, I love to okay. hear your voice when you read it. It's like story <laughs> yeah, time. I'm so. sure you do. Okay. Big oh. reveal right here on the show. Oh, with Pernation Listener League next. Wait, did you hear? Number. Wait, I. Oh man, can we get a playback? Did you hear Chelsea's drums? Yes, we're back again. We're back again. We're hey, back let's again. pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's good, Whisper Nation? It's Thursday, July 16th, and you're listening to episode 108. It's a special draft kit episode of the Fantasy Whisperers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks, Big Travi, and yours truly. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whisperers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whisperers, and you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhisperers.com. We have articles, our latest episodes, and a bunch of fresh swag that you're going to want to get before the fantasy season starts. And if you want to support our show, you can sign up as a patron of The Fantasy Whisperers, where you'll gain access to a ton of bonus content. So head on over to patreon.com and search The Fantasy Whisperers today. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yes. It's our draft are, kit episode. We are running on fumes. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's good? This coffee pure, really made it through that pure, intro. Yeah. <laughs> We're running on pure caffeine. Uh I don't even know if I'm a human right now. But uh, we've been working on this draft kit so hard for you, Whisper Nation, and we're excited to preview a little bit of what's inside of it uh, on this show, one of our favorite shows that we do every year. Give you a little sneak peek. We don't want to give away everything. Wouldn't be a good business decision. But uh, we're going to give you a lot. Yeah, we tried that year one. It didn't work out well for us. It did not. And then we lost the Whisper Nation Listener League. So, yeah, we've just got... Speaking of the Whisper Nation Listener League, Johnny, I'd like to give a shout out to our newest member. Big reveal right here on the show. Oh, Whisper Nation Listener League. Next, wait, did you hear? Wait, I oh man, can we get a playback? Did you hear Chelsea's drums? Wow, this is this is how we could tell we're a little how we're a little drained. It was more like a little like the little mumble that you get like pre warm up. It was just like. Hey, mom and dad are sleeping in the next room. Let's just like pretend like we're about to She's go hard on like, these drums. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she put a bunch of tape around her pencils. That's her drumsticks. Not sure. Hey. Uh, Q-tip but, drumsticks. Yeah, Q-tip. There yeah, there we go. All right, uh, who is it? Who is it? Listener League next member is Reed Tyler. Yeah. Reed Tyler, you have been a very active member of our DMs, always hitting us up every year. You've been with us since the beginning. We appreciate you, and we are welcoming you in as the next member of the Whisper Nation Listener League. Congrats. Uh, yeah, congratulations, man, and uh, get ready to get dominated by us. <laughs> so it's going to happen. So 
He's he's um, going to uh, come even harder now at the uh, mock draft Mondays that we do. Yeah, I would I would imagine so. Um, listen, if you guys want to get a hold of us or talk to us at any point, uh, let us know how you're feeling. We've got a prompt up on our our hotline, our Whisper Nation hotline. That's one eight three three four FF Talk. One eight three three four FF Talk. That's one eight three three four three three eight two five five. Our prompt right now is to tell us why you play fantasy football. But listen, if you get on there, you have some character. You got some. You got. You got some flash. You got some pizzazz. We may end up just putting you in that Whisper Nation Listener League. I mean, you you never know. I'm not gonna lie. I may have called in a few times to just rant about this a, about this draft kit, dude. That's uh, you have definitely called in. I blocked that number immediately. <laughs> ah, I swear, one of these times I will get on the show. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, that's that's what we got going on. So call into that hotline, one eight three three four ff talk and you can get a hold of us there. We'd love to hear from you. But Johnny, Chelsea, we're jumping into this show now. It is the 2020 Fantasy Whispers Draft Kit show. We're here. We're live. Well, I don't know if we're here, but we're at least on the show. We're not live, technically. So Yeah, we're technically not (laughs) live. So none of what you just said was true. I don't know if... Hey, uh, listen, uh, deception and theatricality, that's the name of my game. Uh, That's what we do here. Hey, what we learned from Matthew Barry is it it all... It depends on the way that you phrase the stat. That's all all it is, all right? That's what it's all about. So... A brief rundown of what our draft kit entails before we hop into some of these categories. We've got. I don't know if we can fit all of the stuff that that fits in this draft kit in the episode. Well, I'm not going to list every page. Okay, I'm just just the higher levels. Okay, (laughs) stay with me here. Okay, so we've got our consistency charts. Um, This is something that we, you know, we take pride in. We've basically documented uh, what is it three, four years now, Johnny? Is that how many? Yeah, something like that. Uh, three or four years worth of uh, consistency numbers on most players, uh, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, where you can see they finished at the at their position, um, uh, the consistency in which they did so. And this kind of lets you break down biases. We'll go we'll go into deeper into that. Some of our takeaways from that. We have the famed risk assessor, one of my favorite pieces of the draft kit. Our buddy John Credit puts this together. It basically lets you know, like, which are the riskier players. And this year, he added a new wrinkle, a little bit of an upside and a downside uh, meter on these guys, letting you know, is he risky? Yeah, but what's the upside in going after him? And so uh, we will dive into some of our takeaways from that. Uh, would you be willing to risk it all for, for a guy or two? Me and Johnny will get into that. We have our famed draft day cheat sheet. Uh, we've got everything on here. Strength of schedule, offensive line rankings, tier rankings. We've got uh, our whispers and wannabes, our our take on, on breakouts and bust. Um, and we've got all sorts of things in there. And it's just a great piece of, uh, you know, piece of hardware, uh, if you will, uh, or software uh, for you on draft day. And then, of course, we have our premium player projections, maybe the biggest undertaking in this entire draft kit. Me and Johnny stat out every single player uh, or fantasy relevant player in the NFL. We stat them out at the team level. We stat out each and every team and we let you know where we where we have them projected to uh, finish as far as fantasy football this year, what points they're going to score and all of that. It's there. It's really a great piece of content. 
and you guys will enjoy that. I, I have mean, no we doubt go down it. to the. I mean, we're talking. We set out wide receiver fives for the Washington Redskins, or former, sorry, formerly former known as the wide. We just call them the. We're going to call them the the Washington Football Team on on the show That's until right. we get a, a name here. Um, but we, I mean. We go deep into these into these rankings when we're doing these projections. So yeah, so it was kind of fun, Johnny. We got done with those projections. We looked at each other and we said, "Oh, let's talk a little bit about some of these guys we're higher and lower on." So we're going to dive into that today for you, give you the sneak peek, and then finally, uh, you know, the eye candy of the draft kit. We have our uh, our player profiles. We we have gone through and just as as we statted out all those players, we write profiles on all those players. We let you know if you should be thinking about drafting them, if you shouldn't be thinking about drafting them, if you shouldn't even mention their name. Uh, yeah. We let you know within the profiles. And these are it's like a you know Austin calls it a comic book. It looks very comic booky. It's it's a lot of fun to put together, and we've got it uh, for you. So we're going to talk a little bit about a couple teams there or a couple guys there. So that's that's kind of what it entails. I, I know that was a monologue. That just shows how much is in that draft kit for you guys. And, and then uh, we're, we're, we're just, that's just the beginning. We'll be adding uh, more and more throughout updating. the offseason as well as updating it as well. So, But Travis, they don't want to just hear about what's in it. They wanted to. They want to go in depth, and they want to know if it's really worth their money in grabbing this draft kit, which we definitely, definitely suggest it is. Um, but I think we need to dive into some of these topics just to give them a little bit more of a taste, not just a nibble. I want to give them a slice of what is in this draft kit from every single one of these categories, just so they can see how in depth we go. Yeah, and as always, you can get the draft kit at our website, thefantasywhispers.com. You can purchase it there, uh, and it's you know industry low price of fifteen dollars. It's it's worth every penny. You could see some of the reviews we have. If you could see our DMs, you could see people that have bought this kit year after year, won championships. Uh, they can attest to its greatness, and we're going to give you a little bit of a little preview of that greatness, starting with those consistency sheets, the consistency charts, Johnny. You do a great job of putting these together every year. You've got some of the data saved from previous years, but then you've got to implement uh, some, some you know, tweaks. And, and, you know, I don't really know what you do. You put a lab coat on. You get behind some, some doors. I really have no idea. All of a sudden, these charts come out. They look great. I put, uh, on, and I, I, I put up uh, the big screens like, uh, like Stark, Mr. Stark, and I just start throwing. But it's like I'm throwing numbers around. That's what it yeah. looks like. Yeah, well, you do something, and it comes out great every year. So, Johnny, what were some of your biggest takeaways? You're sitting there, you're crunching the numbers, you're, you're, you got the lab coat on, you got your glasses on. What, what, what did you take away here, mad scientists? So, the big thing that I want Whisper Nation to take away from consistency charts are using it as a point of reference to solidify or uh, turn you away from a, a like help turn you away from a player, right? If you're on the fence or, um, I mean, our draft kit pretty much does a great job of laying it out where you could walk into a draft and literally draft your team and be confident in that team based on uh, some of the cheat sheets that we have. But if you want to do that more in-depth research that we love to do, um, going to your consistency chart is one of the, our favorite things to do on a player uh, because we want to see, hey, what are the odds that he is going to be able to repeat or 
reach his ceiling? Have we seen it? What is his ceiling? And so referring to his consistency charts uh, or, or that player's consistency chart in that case is very important. But I'll tell you what the most important thing for me, Travis, is and my biggest takeaway is we didn't mention that it will be there will be an also a week to week breakdown of some of these players in the in the draft kit and they're consistent on week to week and what you'll see is some of these players will people will get enamored with the end finish of some of these players they'll mm-hmm. they'll they'll look at the end of the year and they'll say oh uh, this player finished as the wide receiver 13. I want to grab him because he he was the wide receiver 13. He must be good. Well, if you go and look at his consistency chart, you could see that that player was a boomer bust, that he only ended up producing better than that wide receiver a few times. And I'll yeah, I a- think back to a couple years ago with like Amari Cooper, where 40% of his points were coming for, you know, four weeks or so. Uh, you get trapped into seeing... You know, because you're trying to look back, you're doing it quickly. You're saying, oh, what happened last year? Uh, Omari Cooper was really good. And then you look at the week by week, which we're able to lay out here in the draft kit. And it's just a totally different story. You can say, oh, well, actually, he he had a monster game, uh, you know, a couple times. And that's where he got it. So did you have a certain player that fit that bill for you last year? Uh, yeah. So perfect guy is John Brown, actually. So his end of the season finish, you look at it, wide receiver 20. I mean, we've had a lot of debates uh, certainly between digs and, and what his value should be. And so a good comp is by looking at John Brown and you say, well, Hey, John Brown finished as the wide receiver 20 last year. So why wouldn't you be confident in Stefan Diggs? And then you break it down to his consistency chart and you see that he only technically finished better than wide receiver 20. And that is, and and the three times that he did finish higher than wide receiver 20 it was it was extreme it was like wide receiver 1 wide receiver 3 so he was majorly lifting up his end of season finish by those heavy weighted uh weeks and if you're just looking on paper and saying oh okay well you know Stefan Diggs could be a wide receiver 20 instead of looking at what you're really getting that's where you know your your championships are won week by week not at the end of the season saying, oh, I have this many, you know, top 20 guys. Yeah, I love that. I love that you brought up John Brown here, especially because, you know, we have talked about that. The fact that uh, a wide receiver two was supported by the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen last year. Everybody assumes that Josh Allen's going to take a step forward. And that should mean that both Stefan Diggs and maybe even John Brown are going to be consistent options. Stephon Diggs hasn't historically been consistent. And now we're looking right now, we're looking at John Brown with Josh Allen via the consistency charts. Not that consistent either. Love the breakdown there. You guys can get that and so much more with those consistency charts. If you get the draft kit over at the fantasy for once again, an industry low price of $15, get over there today and reserve your copy. Hopping in now to one of my favorite parts of the draft kit. Uh, we just keep you know, you know, John Credit is a is a good friend of the team or a good a good member of the team, good friend of us, and he put together this risk assessor last year. If you looked at the risk assessor, we talked about Darius Geis. We talked about some players in there that could have, you know, burned you if you if you went with them because they're they were super risky. And lo and behold, Darius Geis, you know, I guess it wasn't that big far of a reach to say that Darius Geis was risky, but that was one of the names that stuck out from last year. This year. 
Uh, Johnny, looking at the risk assessor, I've just been so impressed with what uh, we've got going on here because now we've got this downside risk versus upside opportunity that's calculated within the total risk here. And some of these names that have popped out are are kind of uh, kind of impressive, kind of worrisome, kind of yeah. you're ch- kind of looking at it. You're like, oh, I really like that guy. Uh, one of them that stuck out to me was Miles Sanders. We've talked about Miles Sanders. We've talked about maybe the risk that he would not get to 250 total touches uh, as an RB1, but you're having to take him as such. I think that he gets there, but like our risk assessor has him as one of the higher risks at 38%, but uh, one of the higher upside opportunities with 20%, uh, 20.7%. So meaning, you know, is the risk, you know, r- no risk it, no biscuit, as Bruce Arians would say. In in Miles Sanders' case, I think if you're looking at running backs that are risky, you could get a lot riskier without upside than Miles, An- Miles Sanders. And for me, Miles Sanders is one of my favorite players to be drafting this year just because I think he's got that league-winning upside. Uh, I like this draft kit, putting it together. As we do that, you start to see some of these pieces really start following. And you can, some of these players, you really start following their storyline a little bit closer than others, obviously. And one of those players is Miles Sanders that I've been kind of following along because I want to truly see what his actual value is because we're getting a lot of questions on him. And. Uh, rightfully so, and we've had a lot of debates on the show uh, about Miles Sanders, and I think you're right. Um, Miles Sanders is definitely risky. You see it, but as you continue to work through these different pieces of, of our draft kit, and that's why it's really cool that there are so many different ways you can view a player, and then you can make your own assessment on on whatever player you want to. Uh, and, and Miles Sanders is that guy, and he ends up checking, at the end of the day, ends up checking off a lot of the boxes that I have uh, when I'm looking at a fantasy player and whether or not uh, he's worth it. And Miles Sanders, to be honest, at the end of the day, does check off the boxes. So I am a fan. I am willing to invest the capital needed uh, to to take Miles Sanders. I still am a fan of Boston Scott, Um but, yeah, I think Miles Sanders is a great person to point out on this. Travis, the other person that I want to talk about here is is Will Fuller, man. Uh, oh, I'm glad you brought him up because yeah. he was he was a close second for me. Oh, yeah. man. So, Will Fuller, we got him as a uh, 35% uh, risk, risky yeah. player, which is one of the highest on this, uh, on this list. There are some higher, but he is definitely one of the highest. And... But yet, you look at the upside, Travis, and he is also one of the highest on the upside with 20% upside. And I have to agree here. After doing all of his profiles, after breaking down everything, I really, I mean, part of it is I mean, me just how hoping. Is Will, yeah, but how is Will Fuller's upside not a top five wide receiver? I mean, I, it, it's, it's baked. The numbers are saying it here. We've seen it when he's paired with Deshaun Watson. I, I, I have to agree with you, Johnny. I think he's one of the most you know, perplexing players to put your value on this year. But like, honestly, he's kind of worth that risk, man. Like, oh, especially sure. if you, if you build your roster out with a couple other wide receivers before him, uh, you're going to be sitting there, pr- you know, pretty looking at, at, at Will Fuller as your second, third option. Well, and, and then on top of that, like every year you talk about the injury and is that baked into where he's going? And it's like, he, he always goes around this, this area, you know, seventh, eighth round of drafts. So 
we haven't even like the fantasy community hasn't caught up to the fact that Will Fuller legitimately could be a wide receiver one for one of the most potent offense and one of the most potent quarterbacks in fantasy football. So it's like if people catch up to that, like if you started to say that Will Fuller was going in the fourth or fifth because people were like, oh, you know, he is a wide receiver one. And if he does put it together and stay healthy, then you got, then it's like, okay, I can understand. And it would scare me off a little bit more from Will Fuller, but like a seventh or eighth round draft capital and Will Fuller yeah, right now is going firmly at the eight Oh three right now in 12 team leagues Yeah, as the wide receiver 34 uh, could easily be your third wide receiver or second wide receiver you draft. And man, could that be a league winner right there? If he could put, I mean, hell, if he even puts 12 games together for you, Johnny, you're going to be pretty happy with that this year. Uh, I think he puts up you know, I'm just, the wide receiver one numbers. I'm just saying, based on what we've, you know, everything that I've seen and all the mock drafts we've done and everything, you could honestly go, if you wanted to go the route of the early quarterback and you, can, and, and you went, you know, Pat Mahomes or Lamar, if you went running back in the first and then third through fifth round, you went running back as well, and you had grabbed Lamar or Pat Mahomes in the second, and then you went and grabbed a Will Fuller, and you grabbed a, a Christian Kirk, and then you grabbed another more solid wide receiver in the in the second half, like Terry McLaurin maybe in the fifth, uh, instead of getting a running back in the fifth round. Like you could build a really nice team out that way this year, uh, unlike a lot of past years, I think, and. If yeah, we, I know we talk about how wide receiver is deep every year, but what this risk assessor showing me, what the profiles that we'll get into have shown me, building this draft kit for Whisper Nation has shown me is you get to this point in the draft where it's, I think it's like wide receiver 15 through 24 or for through 34, I mean, 36. There's a lot of good value there. There's a lot of good wide receivers in that window. And we talk about that's still kind of within the sweet spot of league winning wide receivers and where you want them to be because you want them to be before six, seven rounds. Uh, so you've got some real value in there. I'm really excited to bring Whisper Nation this draft kit, but we could talk all day on the risk assessor, but then yeah. everybody would know right. uh, what's in it. Yeah. So why don't we uh, move on here? But you can get, of course, the risk assessor in our 2020 draft kit over at the fantasywhispers.com. So go on over there today and check it out. Oh, actually, Chelsea, did you have anybody you wanted to bring up in the risk assessor? Well, you know, it's funny. I uh, pulled out my Miles Sanders right away. I was trying to, you know, scratching my head. You just have eyes for Miles Sanders. I, I so do. And when I see that he's got a 38% risk factor to him, it's a little bit troublesome. It's like, is this a Doug Peterson thing? Are you just trying to provoke me? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> oh. But the reality with the risk assessor, and I think the big point is like, there is so many numbers and so much data that is fueling this risk assessor. So it's really exciting as somebody who lives behind the glass, right? Like to actually mm. dig behind the scene and what's happening here and understand how you're coming up with this. It was really exciting to see all that. So yeah, it's a tool that I'll be leaning on in this draft for sure. Heck yeah. that Yeah, it's 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 amazing. You can get almost inundated with the numbers, but we've broken it down in such a way. Got, could some, put some pretty colors on there. So that's always nice yeah. uh, to help you kind of digest that data, which is always good. All right, so we're going to move on to the draft day cheat sheet, Johnny. I love, dude, this one's this is, one of our favorites to put together every year. This this year was kind of fun. We always we had a good time and, putting it together yeah. yesterday together. Uh, yeah, 
uh, this was this was good. Revealing just all a, of our final secrets uh, to yeah. each other. Just, just laughing a like a bunch of schoolgirls. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, about uh, the uh, guys we have yeah. crushes on. Yeah, that's exactly. uh, pretty accurate. Uh, there. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, she's behind the glass. She was watching. Uh, no, um, I do want to remind everyone: like the risk assessor, like the the consistency charts, which actually uh, like the cheat sheet we're going to update these you know uh multiple times in this off season so if you get it now don't worry about that we're updating it in a couple of weeks when or in a week or so and then we'll keep updating it all the way to the start of the season so this draft and kit that is a live till next year we'll keep updating it until <laughs> yeah. next year so you're good oh, man i was hoping we didn't have to <laughs> to face that reality but we'll go there uh, but yeah, so the cheat sheet is a, you know, smorgasbord of fantasy information, if you will, ready for you to attack on your draft day. We've got strength of schedule. We've got offensive line rankings. We've got our value picks by each round, uh, you know, based on half PPR scoring. We've got whispers and wannabes. That's our take on breakouts and busts. We've got do not draft players. We've even got some tear jumpers, guys that we think could get into that next level for you. And, you know, really, you could call it tear jumpers. You could call it breakouts. You can call it league winners, whatever you want. We're giving you some guys that we really like that you should keep on your radar. And at the end of the day, you know, yeah, you can do all this research, you know, and you can go into your draft, but sometimes you just need that little, little extra voice, in, you know, when you get in those later rounds, that's what we're here for. And if we can help you uncover a gem that wins you a championship, nothing would make us happier. On the backside of this cheat sheet, we've got tier breakdowns. It's amazing. Johnny put a lot of work into those tier breakdowns. Uh, really excited to give you guys those this year. This is Johnny. Travis. This is my favorite tool in our entire draft kit because at the end of the day if you do not want to spend the time to read through you know the 60 plus pages of player profiles and you don't want to look at the risk assessor and uh you know the the going through all the the data that we put into you know how players rank doesn't intrigue you you could just grab this and go to your draft and be completely set. You don't need anything else. I mean, there's a reason else. it's called a cheat sheet, yeah. so you don't have to read anywhere else. You could just cheat off of this sheet right here. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I'm use a big this. fan of I will be using this in our actual – in our league of record, I use this sheet every year. It's uh, it's definitely well. See, that's why it has. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're it's, taking all my it's secrets. Never, well, it's uh, wow. See, yeah. Johnny's long con was to start a podcast with me in which we do a draft <laughs> kit so that he could steal all my secrets and finally try and win in our league of record. Hey, you got to get Man, any. That's... You have to get any kind of advantage you can. Why? Honestly, props to that. That's yeah. quite. Do you realize now game. why our entire team consists of people from our league of record? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. So I want to jump in a little bit to this preview. Pull back the curtains just a little bit here. Uh, and talk a little bit about the strength of schedule. Johnny, anything jump out to you significantly with strength of schedule when you're looking at it? Um, you know, for me, I, I just think that I'm looking at Oakland's, uh, you know, for, for Josh Jacobs, his strength of schedule is one of the best in the league. That one was a, was a big one for me because when you're deciding on some of those guys in the, you know, the back of the first, it can get a little bit hairy, right? You're like, who yeah. do I pick? You know, the knock. I'm sorry, not Oakland, but Las Vegas. Uh, the knock on Josh Jacobs 
is that he wasn't used in the I need passing to change game. Change that. Thank you. I have <laughs> yeah. it. I have it as Oakland on here. So it's thank a good you. thing it's not released. Yeah, yet, no, but uh, but yeah, but the knock on Josh Jacobs has been that what's what's with the pass catching? But his volume is out through the roof, and if he's going to have a soft schedule, you're even more excited about him uh, than maybe some of the other guys late in the first there. So that one kind of stood out to me. Anything else you're looking at there? Um, or, or popping out to you as far as strength of schedule is concerned? Um, yeah, so I here's what's really cool about the strength of schedule on there. Um, you you get each position, but then in within each position, it'll also tell you uh, the playoff rank, uh, the playoff strength, strength of schedule, which is a long ways away. We understand that a lot of things will happen between now and then, so we don't say – put a lot of weight into it but it is nice to also see as well and you do see uh as a strength of schedule tampa bay tom brady has not only a favorable favorable strength of schedule throughout the entire season as the seventh best quarterback schedule but also has a super super friendly top five uh friendliest uh playoff schedule so uh, something that was surprising to both you and I is the number of touchdowns that we have uh, Tom Brady throwing this year. I think Whisper Nation will be probably adding us uh, when they when they see it. But there is a very realistic... I don't know. Tom Brady's one of those guys. If you disrespect the Internet yeah. gets on your back. So we might actually have an opportunity yeah, here to maybe. change some of those Brady uh, Bradyites. Uh, oh, you, the, yeah, uh, that's a good good point. But that is just something that that I like to look at uh, or that I did notice. And yeah. um I think it is something interesting. I more so look at it towards uh, maybe, like you said, those top running backs because uh, I always like to look at that, and um, and then those quarterbacks. Um, I like to look at those schedules. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so we also have as part of this is an offensive line ranking one through 32. We give you a kind of a colorful breakdown of all the offensive lines, and this is helpful, man. Like we're talking about you know, being in between two players and you're like, oh, I really like this guy, but I also like this guy, especially for running backs. If you're stuck in between them, you can quickly glance at this sheet and go, who's got the better line? You know, well, we can break it down for you here. And one of my favorite ones that I looked at here was actually the Pittsburgh Steelers. <clears throat> I knew that they had a good line, but uh, they're just inside the top 10 at number nine. And it just gets you thinking, like, if Big Ben's healthy, if James Conner can be healthy, you're looking at an offense that could be really good this year, powered by a really strong offensive line. And so I think people have been sleeping a little bit on the Pittsburgh Steelers and their skill position players. Um, and this line and, and some of our projections this year within the draft kit have really kind of turned, piqued my interest as far as the Steelers are concerned. Travis, we talked on the last show at how important offensive line rankings are and how they often don't change significantly throughout the season. And so when I'm looking at this, two major ones that pop off to me are the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns have the sixth best offensive rank, uh, line ranking. Uh, and so who are the two running backs behind there? Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. We've seen that offensive line is one of the biggest indicators of a successful running game. Uh, so that is something that I took note of. And the other one that was really interesting uh, was Seattle Seahawks. Now, I understand they've always had a bad offensive line, um, but they have, according to our cheat sheet, the 28th uh, worst offensive line. And so 
you really think about how good Chris Carson is, who's been able to successfully run behind this offensive line week, you know, year in and year out. Um, so that is just something that's super interesting when you when you're looking at it that way. But I absolutely love the offensive line rankings. That is one of my go to uh, when I look at my at my running backs. I love it. So um, every year we've got our whispers, our wannabes, our breakouts, our busts. We've got our do not draft players. Uh, we've got our draft day steals. I talked about the tiers that are on this cheat sheet. But, Johnny, we could have multiple shows on on all the guys we put on here. I mean, there's just so much nuggets of information in here. And then, obviously, if you're questioning one of these guys we put on there, go and read that profile within the draft kit, and we'll tell you why we're liking them or, or not liking them there. But, Johnny, I wanted to give Whisper Nation one guy from each of us, whether it's Whisper, Wannabe, uh, Breakout Bus, whatever you got, one guy that's on the cheat sheet that you wanted to highlight here and tell Whisper Nation a little bit about. Oh, you want me to go first? I thought you were yeah. going to go first. You are really excited. Yeah, you go first. I can. I want you to go first because I'm excited. To- yeah, for sure. Uh, my guy is a guy I talked a little bit. Of, if you were on the mock draft um, Monday, you, you, I talked a little bit about him. I just talked about Pittsburgh and how people are kind of sleeping on those skill position players. So my guy is actually one of my uh, wide receiver whispers this year, and that's Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, we can look back to Pittsburgh's illustrious history and how they've drafted pro wide receivers. Emmanuel Sanders, Heinz Ward, Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown. Juju. These have all been drafted in-house by the Pittsburgh Steelers and had great careers thus far. Uh, and then you're looking at Deontay Johnson. Last year, 59 receptions led all rookies. He put up 580 receiving yards and scored five times. That's with the dumpster fire at quarterback that was Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Johnson's skill set is not very different from Antonio Brown as far, as far as measurables, as far as his height and weight, as far as some of his um, you know, spark spark scores, if you will. Um, and so we're not, a, we're not, you know, we're only a couple years away from 160 targets, both for Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster in this offense. The coordinator has not changed from that year. The head coach has not changed and the quarterback has not changed and Juju's still there. So we're talking about a team that could really be one of those bounce back candidates, at least on offense, how offense is concerned to really push the ball down the field. And I really love Deontay Johnson's fit um and so i'm 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 excited for him man he's he's one of my whispers i I hope whisper nation starts uh heeding my warning he's right now he's sitting as the 36 uh wide receiver off the board uh and i think that's just you know kind of poppycock at this point but i hope he stays there so that that whisper nation can cash in on that value yeah hopefully you know a couple a month ago a couple months ago he was he was further down He's already seen a little bit of a boost uh, because people are starting to see that. And I, you know, I agree with Travis. I do like Deontay Johnson. Uh, I tried to acquire him in dynasty and it didn't work. I did draft him in dynasty, but then I had to, I had to cut him uh, due to uh, size of our roster. Um, And uh, so, yeah, Deontay Johnson looking to have a very solid year this year. I just hope, that, like you said, his draft price doesn't get too high. Uh, Travis, give me, uh, uh, just before I give mine, uh, my answer to this, what would you be willing to pay? Because I know you're a big fan of Deontay Johnson. So I want to know what would be this peak that you would be willing to pay for him 
Um, so or, I think he's going to finish. Draft. I think he's going to finish as a wide receiver too. So anything above a wide receiver two in your draft, if you're having to take him above, you know, wide receiver twenty four, you know, into the twenties, okay, um, which is around the fifth round, <laughs> it would have to be pretty late fifth round for me because, look, I, I I've done this before, honestly, before it was Dante Moncrief, um, yeah, so, dude, that, which is okay. Right. Which is and okay because Dante Jones. Moncrief, Mon, Dante Moncrief was not as good, uh, is not as good as, or was not as good oh, as yeah, Deontay Johnson. Um, but uh, there isn't, there's an outside chance this doesn't come to fruition. But I think that there's a lot of things pointing to it doing so. If he stays within that realm of a wide receiver three with upside, you're going to be pretty happy. I mean, right now he's going in the tenth round. So if he falls anywhere in between the 10th and the 5th, I'm going to be probably willing to take him because of the upside there. Listen, Travis, you have to realize that Whisper Nation is coming off of a year where I told them to draft Dante Pettis. So this the floor <laughs> is really low for you. We're so, not really so, selling the draft yeah, kit here. So why don't right. you move on to a guy this year? Yeah, okay. So this, this <laughs> year, um, I would say I'm going to go with a wannabe and this is going to surprise some people. I already know, and it's going to be – if people are watching this, they're going to be like, you You guys are crazy. You're sleeping. I'm going to say a, uh, an RB wannabe is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Now, I understand what a lot of people are saying. Jonathan Taylor is an amazing running back. I get it. He is going to be spectacular in this league. I think within you know three to five years, we will be talking about him as – coming off the board in the first round I think he's that good unfortunately this year I think that there are too many mouths to feed I think that uh they will have Marlon Mack a little bit more involved in this offense than most people think I think Naheem Hines has the pass catching role there and uh to be honest with you like I don't project them to run a high high volume uh, amount of plays so yeah they just signed philip rivers we've seen that he's consistently been a gunslinger type quarterback still even in the late years of his career so i would see i i see the logic there as they're gonna maybe lean more on philip rivers than the run that they did over the last couple years so I will I will completely agree that Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. He's going to be very, very good in the future. Just this year with everything going on in, uh, you know, in the world around football, and then you pair it with I, – I truly think they believe that they want to have a three-headed monster over there similar to what Philadelphia had a few years ago, and I think that that is just going to give uh, fantasy owners headaches. And for the draft capital – uh, he, you know, he's going in the fourth round, Travis. So, um, I would, I put that as my, uh, RB wannabe. Yeah. You want to avoid fantasy football headaches. You take your fantasy football Advil and that is the fantasy whispers draft kit in 2020 with this draft sheet, uh, cheat sheet right here. Chelsea, did you, you know, you've gotten a sneak peek at some of these tools. Obviously, we talked to the risk assessor, some of the other things. You help us edit those profiles, so you've gotten a lot of insight here. Anything stick out to you as far as the draft, draft day cheat sheet if you had to say one thing to Whisper Nation here? 
Sure. I was looking at the do not draft players list and sort of curious, especially because we know things will change uh, over the weeks as we get closer and closer to the season, whenever that season may start. And I saw <laughs> that Johnny had Austin Hooper on his do not draft list. And I was just curious, you know, we know that there's a big uh, pending trade potentially with David Joku in the tight end position there. And, you know, if that trade does happen, does this do not draft player Austin Hooper change for you, Johnny? How, what do you think about that? So great question. Thank you, uh, Chelsea. Um, we do update this. We will be updating this throughout the season. Will if if Amari Cooper or sorry, if Austin Hooper <laughs> um becomes the only tight end there, basically, you know, they do have another tight end, but he's doesn't have a lot of uh a lot of targets. I would slightly upgrade Austin Hooper. Um, now, would that significantly bump up his his overall season projections? It could, and if and if it came to a point where he, I felt like, hey, Whisper Nation, you're actually getting value back uh, for what you're you're um, spending in order to get Austin Hooper. I might take him off, but that it's a combination on here of me uh, for me. For Austin Hooper, one, because you're having to take him so high because of where he finished last year. And right now with this offense, it is it is going to be very, very limited in the passing game. This is going to be a very run-heavy offense. And so um, with a very talented guy like Njoku right now, I do think that they're going to be fighting for targets. That's why he's so low. Uh, but yeah, he would get a slight bump up. And then if mm-hmm. if I, like I said, if he does... Uh, end up getting in a range where I'm like, actually, you're going to get some kind of value back for where you're getting him. I don't mind. Yeah, I would take him Hooper going ahead of guys like Hayden Hurst, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant right now as the 11th tight end off the board in the eighth round just seems a little bit uh, risky, as Johnny was saying. We're, we're trying to buy Austin Hooper at a point where Austin Hooper was with the Atlanta Falcons, who for about five years or so have been in the top five in pass attempts every year. Going to the Cleveland Browns, who is who are a team now run by Kevin Stefanski, I mean, who came from the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings last year had a game where they threw 10 times, okay, with Kevin, Kevin Stefanski as the offensive yeah. coordinator. There's just not a lot of volume uh, projected in this offense. And then when you couple that with the fact that Austin Hooper does have David, David Njoku on the roster, it becomes a situation where it's a little scary to, you know, I'd rather go after a guy like Hayden Hurst, who is going to Atlanta with those attempts. Uh, than I would a guy like well, Austin and I Hooper. and I think that was a great point, Travis. I was ta- tra- uh, Travis Austin. And I were talking about this on Monday uh, before the show or after the show, and I think that is why uh, David and Joku went and requested a trade because he wants to be used. He is very talented, uh, a tight end, and he wants to. And be he's used. still young, he, you know. Yeah. David and Joku is still young. He may n- the story may not be written on his talent wise. We've seen it happen before where tight ends take a while to get going. So, yeah, there, there's a situation where David Njoku wants to get traded. And uh, so, like, yeah, I think to Chelsea and, and Johnny's point here, this is going to be updated. If anything happens with that situation, we will let you know via the draft kit. It will be updated within here. That is the beautiful thing about getting this draft kit. And even if you get it right now, it's updated throughout the entire offseason. Um, so get your hands on it now over at thefantasywhispers.com. You'll have the rest of the offseason. Uh, and maybe who the knows? rest of the year. Who knows? Dave, who knows? David Njoku could make this list if he gets traded yeah. to. He goes he to could. the Cardinals or Johnny. The... You could make this list if I you're could. lucky. Maybe. I'll All try. right. So we're moving on to the meat and potatoes of the draft kit. 
uh, some of the the heavier hitting items here. We're going to start with the premium player projections. Johnny, as we talked about at the top of the show, we take each and every team in the NFL from a team level, uh, top down, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and we stat them out. We give you our projections, and that gives us a baseline rankings. Once again, these projections are a baseline. They're conservatively projected this way. Uh, We don't think that they're fire and brimstone. We don't think that they're the alpha and the omega, but we do think that they give us a nice baseline for what you can expect this year. And so what happens is, is then we come out with guys that are higher or lower than maybe the consensus. And we, you know, me and Johnny talk through that. We look at uh, touchdown rates. We look at their uh, catch percentages, their averages over their career, things like that opportunity on their team and we dive into all that we nerd it out so you don't have to uh, and we wanted to come to you today and give you a couple guys from each skill position one guy we're higher on one guy we're lower on than the industry the fantasy football industry uh, at each position so we're going to start with quarterback and we're going to start with a guy that we're higher on and Johnny this was kind of a bit of a shock uh, I, I know that uh, Chelsea will love this one but we had Carson Wentz I believe as our QB four yeah, uh, we uh, I think when, we had to adjust the, it. But uh, yeah, so when we do when we do our stats and we we don't look at overall projections, that's not how we do our stats. We plug in the data and whatever the data comes out and tells us that's what we go with. Now, we do tweak it somewhat. You know, if some things are like way wonky, then, yeah, we're going to go and dive in and, and look at that team. But the, the vast majority are all based on the stats uh, and the projections that we're forecasting and and it's not any bias at all is is kind of taken out, which is nice. Um, and yeah, like you said, when we first did it, Carson Wentz was way, way high. We even went in, we readjusted a little bit, uh, but we still have him as a top five quarterback. And it was a little bit surprising to both Travis and I. Ch- Chelsea's probably not, not, not surprised behind the glass, but um Listen, Nothing surprises me back here anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I I think that this is a very realistic thing, Travis. We broke. We started breaking this down. We said, okay, can we realistically say Carson Wentz could be a top five quarterback? And when we started looking at all the details and going through the the list of weapons that they've got in, um, you know, what are the different scenarios that could happen this year? And it's not out of the realm of possibilities. We have to remember just two years ago or three years ago, Carson Wentz was on pace to be the MVP of the National Mm. Football League. Like he is not a terrible quarterback. He has just either been injured or his team has been dealing with a ton of injuries around him. If they get lucky and they are able to remain relatively healthy the, the sky's the limit for Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to give a little bit of context here for these projections. Projections basically tell the story that if everything were perfect and nobody got injured and they had a full roster for 16 games and this per, this amount of percentage of usage, this is what you would get. So we plug all that into the machine. The machine tells us if the Eagles are fully healthy, they're going to be a pretty good offense. And, and rightfully so. I mean, look at it. Alshon Jeffrey in his heyday, has been very skillful at the position. If he can stay healthy for a year, that's, you know, it's, you know uh, Deshaun Jackson, obviously there's a lot going on there. If he stays on the roster, educates himself, and becomes part of this team uh, and, and, like, pushes forward, we've seen what Deshaun Jackson can do for a fantasy quarterback. 
I mean, it, it, he just improves their numbers. Bottom line, Kirk Cousins, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston, you can look at the numbers. He has improved quarterback play when he's on the field. And so I think that really starts to tell you, like, this wide receiver room that was in shambles last year, if healthy this year, is actually a pretty good wide receiver room. Then you've got both tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, uh, two very good tight ends, uh, getting good amount of usage in this offense. I just think that – and then Miles Sanders. We talked about Miles Sanders. Takes a step forward this year maybe. Get more opportunity for this offense. I really like it. Once again, though, it is in a perfect scenario, a dream Candyland state that Philly stays healthy for the entire year. Then you're looking at Carson Wentz having a good season. So if you – you know, feel like you can mitigate the risk of the rest of the way on your roster. I think Carson Wentz is actually being priced pretty nicely in drafts right now and could be a really top five upside kind of guy. So uh, the other guy we need to talk about here is the guy. I thought Chelsea was going to chime in there like I that we just left her speechless. Great job. (laughs) Uh, She loves her Eagles. So I I just try to pump them up and then I think we're usually pretty good. (laughs) Um, Josh Allen is the guy that we're talking about next. And this is a guy that we are lower than the industry on. Um, Look, I understand the allure of Josh Allen. He's a mobile quarterback. Um, He scores, you know, red zone touchdowns as a quarterback. So that's kind of nice. We've, we've seen what mobile quarterbacks have done with Patrick Mahomes and with Lamar Jackson, and we get infatuated with the idea. Pump the brakes a little bit here. Whisper nation. Josh Allen is not Cam Newton. He's not, Patrick Mahomes, he's not Lamar Jackson. And uh, when you're looking at this offense, the style of offense they want to play, his inconsistency throwing the ball intermediately and on the sides of the field, you're kind of concerned. And I think that showed in our projections, right, Johnny? Yeah, it definitely showed in our projections. Josh Allen, I was very interested to see where he where he ended up because we've talked about it several times, how we felt like there was kind of a tear break after Josh Allen and one we one thing I realized after doing the whole draft kit is that's not there. That was a false uh, idea that I had in my head. And two, that yeah, like you said, Josh Allen, he will have his upsides, but there is still the downside of the inconsistency. Now, can he get a ma- a, a, a lot better in this off season? He could, but he's never been a really accurate guy, nor has he shown like Lamar Jackson has his entire career. Josh Allen hasn't shown a, a propensity to con- con- consistently get better every single year, as far as accuracy goes, like on a consistent rate. Um, so it would take a lot, you know, I understand that they did bring in and, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs. that's an, a nice wide receiver, but again, I think he's going to struggle to get the ball to him a lot more than people think, you know, the bad weather too, like that's the thing. And a big part of it, Travis, you talked about is the rushing, the rushing upside that Josh Allen has and the rushing touchdowns. I do believe that with them getting Zach Moss, that they want to they want to eliminate that because they don't want to put him in that position to get hurt because when he gets hurt, they struggle to win games. So I think that that's why they did go out and get a guy like Zach Moss to do that work. So if you take that away from him, then that's where you get in trouble with the guys like Josh Allen. It makes me feel so good when you talk good things about Zach Moss. On the I know show. it does. I, mean, I just, I just makes me want to throw feel... up in my mouth. <laughs> makes me feel so good. But speaking of running backs, I love that breakdown there. 
Speaking of running backs, we're going to move on. What our projections told us were that we were pretty much higher than the industry on Cam Akers. We had him locked in as a RB1. So we've talked about Cam Akers before, if he was going to be able to do it. Look, we're just looking at based on usage, okay? Based on usage that Todd Gurley's gotten over years with Sean McVay. We're talking about what Sean McVay has been able to do. We're talking about what Cam Akers has been able to do, at, you know, as, as a runner in college behind terrible offensive lines. We look at, you know, the fact that the Rams shouldn't be worse than they were offensively on, on the line than last year, but maybe. But I don't think they'll be worse. And so I think that's where Cam Akers comes out locked in as an RB1 for us. Johnny, what was your biggest takeaway from looking at this and going, oh, wait, we've I think we had him at RB11, RB12? Yeah, we I, right around there. Uh, it was a little bit of surprise to me um, that Cam Akers was this high. Again, this is what's so great about our draft kit. You can make your own. Um, you can come to your own conclusions because again, I just reassessed. I went through. I read some things on on Cam Akers. I per se, I'm not as high as our consensus rankings are on Cam Akers, and that's okay. We are allowed to to be that way. Um, and that's why we like building out our draft kit in that way, because we want you to come to your own, your own understanding. But I do think that Cam Akers can be a solid running back. I do agree that the volume is going to be there. I'm, I am in the boat that Cam Akers will get this job. I think that they brought him in to be the running back, the starting running back from day one. And he is a really good running back. We've seen that in college. So uh, it would not surprise me if Cam Akers did end up as a top 12 running back because we do know that Sean McVay likes to run the ball and they like and he likes to, you know, center his offense around the running back being a very vital position. So I would not be absolutely shocked if at the end of the year we saw Cam Akers and that's where the value it reveals, uh, you know, that there could potentially be a value there. Yeah, I think that that was the point is like maybe, you know, typically your projections are going to be a, uh, a a conservative look at it. But with Cam Akers, I think it was just this thing of like, well, if he gets all the usage and he gets the job, if he gets the starting job for them and he gets that usage that Gurley's gotten, I mean, look out, he's going to he's going to put up some big numbers. And you look at the guys he's going with uh, in drafts right now in the sixth round, end of the sixth, Damian Williams, Darius Geis, Ronald Jones, Kareem Hunt. Look, I love Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think he's, you know, a good stash in that area. But Cam Akers is just as good a stash to win a job out and be an RB1 for you as some of these other guys that we're talking about down there. So I think that's what the projections kind of told me. Moving on, one of the guys in this one might get a little bit of heat. Uh, We were not fond of going in, and our projections kind of affirm that, is uh, Austin Eckler. Last year's, I believe, RB4. Is that what Eckler finished last year? So top five running back last year. Yeah. A top five running back last year was Austin Eckler with the Los Angeles Chargers. This year, people are trying to buy him at that RB1 or RB2 kind of value. And we're just kind of saying pump the brakes here. Our our uh, model did not like him too much. And I think that's based on the fact that he's probably he's never gotten it before, but he's probably not going to get it this year. And that's the bell cow usage that, you know, Melvin Gordon was accustomed to seeing. Yeah, he, and typically his body does not hold up. Uh, his body style does not hold up to a massive workload like that, uh, a 250-touch, 300-touch workload. Also, we want to make uh, it very well known that Tyrod Taylor 
does not do a lot of dump offs to the running back position. And uh, we do have Tyrod Taylor projected to be the main starter for the uh, LA Chargers this year. So now if, if Herbert comes in, then um, that could be a different story. But as of right now with our projections, we have Austin Eckler lower than, than the vast majority. And he's a super risky running back. And, you know, you can't guarantee the volume. And I don't know that he can, you know, we've never seen him handle that type of workload. So, again, when you look at certain players and you take all these different pieces that we put together in the draft kit and put them together, you see a story and you, a, a, a picture is painted. And you can make your, you know, you could view that that it could be the Mona Lisa and it could be completely ugly to Travis and look absolutely beautiful to me. Uh, and that's the beauty of it. So for me though, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so for me though, I agree with it in this, in this instance, I'm not a fan of Austin Eckler. I just think the risk is too much there. And listen, I'm fully, I'm fully acknowledging that there is a very realistic possibility that he is a top five running back, a top 10 running back. And I'm fully accepting that I'm not going to be able to get on that ban- uh, that boat if it happens, and I'm okay with that. 32% risk on our risk assessor for Austin Eckler, so one of the higher uh, percentiles that we've got. So it's definitely there. Um, you know, you can get that, the risk assessor, and these projections that we're talking about right now at thefantasywhispers.com. Moving on to wide receivers, Johnny, this one was a little bit of fun. Uh, I mean, this was all a lot of fun, but when some of these things started to reveal themselves. I'm waiting for you to be like, this was really awful. This was terrible. (laughs) Wasn't that. uh, (laughs) Maybe you'll do that on the tight ends. (laughs) That our projections kind of spit out that we were higher than the, uh, well, actually, this kind of of this passing offense uh, that we were higher on than the industry was Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. And listen, Tyler Lockett, is kind of getting slept on because of how good of the year that DK Metcalf had last year. But Tyler Lockett still led in in target usage. Uh, Tyler Lockett is still a big play capable guy. Tyler Lockett is a guy who still has the trust of Russell Wilson as the veteran on this roster. And so just with all those things in mind, as we statted that out, we looked at their plays. We looked at the, you know, uh, regression and positive or negative and positive regression that this team will need on a, on a play level, how many team plays they're going to run. And Tyler Lockett came out very favorable in our projections as a wide receiver one, I believe, Johnny, is that correct? Yeah. Um, he yeah. was a top 10 wide receiver. And again, I was a little surprised when I saw this because I wasn't really looking at Tyler Lockett uh, I am a fan of Tyler Lockett, but again, when you think of Seattle, you uh, you think of Russell Wilson, you think Chris Carson, and then you think of up-and-coming DK Metcalf, and you want to get excited for DK Metcalf, but you're absolutely right. People should not be sleeping on Tyler Lockett. He has shown now two years in a row that he is a very, very, and even you know going back to three years, he's been a good wide receiver now, uh, but he's been super consistent the last two years. So uh, you go into the consistency ranking, he checks off that. Um, he will get a mass amount of targets. And the one thing that we don't really talk about, the one thing that we really don't talk about when it comes to Seattle and that is, what if they decide to unveil 
what they really have under the hood and Russell Wilson, and they take the training wheels off and they say, all right, you know, it's kind of laughable that we brand new Lamborghini. (laughs) It's kind of laughable that we would call it training wheels for Russell Wilson, just because he's been so efficient, right? Even on these low volume teams, he's been able to put up big numbers. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Johnny. And, and if you're looking at the running back room, look, we like Chris Carson. Uh, I'm going to continue to pound on the table for Chris Carson. So are you. Uh, we like oh, Rashad Penny. You were saying we're, you we, hated him yesterday, dude. I, I Don't you try that. saying that. Uh, and then they've got Carlos Hyde. So if if Penny is hurt and, and Carson gets hurt, you're stuck with uh, Carlos Hyde. We've talked about the offensive line not being that great. They may need to rely on Russell Wilson to air it out this year. If that is the case, look for Tyler Lockett to pop into that wide receiver one territory. But we are telling you right now, all things considered with a perfect situation, Tyler Lockett's a good, good draft value uh, this year as a guy who could easily sneak within the top 12. A guy that we are not excited about is Adam Thielen. Our projections come out, spit him out. Uh, this has this is a little bit multi-layered. Obviously, Thielen has a bit of an injury bug over the last couple of years. You look at Thielen as a prospect out of college, was not great, uh, was not highly touted as an athletic, but he's balled out in Minnesota. He's gone above and beyond. I don't like doubting the guy. <laughs> I don't like uh, doing that, but I just don't see a way in this low-volume, run-heavy, lean-on-the-defense uh, passing attack. And the biggest thing here we need to talk about is Justin Jefferson came over. And I know you don't want to count on a rookie, you know, pushing a, a veteran out, especially a veteran like Adam Thielen. But the what Gary Kubiak has talked about doing is putting Justin Jefferson inside at slot where Adam Thielen has lived over the last five years of his career and pushing Adam Thielen to the outside. And we have seen some of those splits when that happens, and it's not pretty for Adam Thielen's numbers. And so taking that into account when we did our projections, it's not looking the rosiest for Adam Thielen, and you just have to pay so damn much for him uh, to get him. I just don't know if he's worth it this year, Johnny. And so one of the guys I'm steering clear away from, and, and it has to do with these projections, is Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen will give you the wide receiver one weeks that you will want and you will wish he was on your on your roster. But again, I think if you take a look at the entire week-to-week consistency chart, you will see that Adam Thielen is not a super consistent wide receiver like you think he is. Um, I, I, I agree that Gary Kubiak is very inconsistent with how many passes he will he will throw in a game um this defense listen this defense could be different than last year they were really really good last year and so that's why they were able to run so much if this defense were to take a major step back and they had a throw then Adam Thielen could beat out these projections for sure um but like Travis said when you start comparing him to the guys he's going around and in the same in the same uh round guys like Kenny Galladay guys like DJ Moore um these guys I can more guarantee what they're going to get and the return that they're going to give to me and the risk is a lot less so I don't I will be staying away from Adam Thielen a lot this year and I would advise Whisper Nation to do the same yeah, I uh, I think that's a, a safe bet, but we'll see. We've been wrong before once, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, so the the tight ends is the last part of these projections we wanted to talk about, guys. Uh, higher, lower. Uh, the first guy that popped out of us is Johnny's boy out of Tennessee. Johnny Smith is our you know guy that we are higher than the industry on. So Johnny, without further ado, take this thing away and tell Whisper Nation what they need to know about Johnny Smith about uh, what you found out during your projections. Yeah, Whisper Nation, this will be the last time that you hear Travis uh, refer to him as my breakout tight end because uh, pretty soon he's <laughs> going to be taking him as his breakout tight end and uh, claiming that it was all his idea originally. But Jonu Smith was a tight end that showed some flashes last year. You know, Delaney Walker has been a part of that Tennessee offense for many, many years finally decides to retire, allowing Jonu Smith to fully take over that tight end position. We saw a nice rapport with Ryan Tannehill down the stretch, and so I think that continues into this year. I think that uh, one thing I noticed, there are a lot of tight ends near the back half of drafts that I really, really do think have a shot to do what Mark Andrews did last year. And, um, I mean, Travis and I, we were talking yesterday uh, about quite a few tight ends and just saying, oh, well, this guy has the possibility to make that jump. And uh, so that's what I like about the group this year. And I think Jonu Smith leads that category of guys uh, just based off of what I've seen, his, his history. Um, and I, I think he's ready to take this, uh, the, the major jump. This is his third year going into the league, which is usually when tight ends make their their major jump and, and becoming a. Yeah, no, I love, I love that. I love that. Uh, when you look at AJ Brown and you're trying to poke holes in the theory of AJ Brown for 2020, you say, well, is the usage there was enough of the target market share there? Will it be a high volume enough of a passing attack for AJ Brown to sustain those numbers? Well, if you go all the way down your ADP board, there's Jonu Smith and the tight ends for Tennessee were actually the only uh, pass catchers on the field that you could actually not make that case for. There were times where they got 20% of the target market share. And as Johnny said, Delaney Walker has now gone off for greener pastures. And we're looking at a guy in Jonu Smith here who has a chance at hitting 15, 18, 20% of the target market share as a tight end. And that is invaluable as far as tight ends are concerned, because that is how you get your money. Um, yeah, touchdowns are nice, but give me the volume at the tight end. It's going to give you that positional advantage. Speaking of not getting or not getting volume, that is the concern with our guy here. We love Rob Gronkowski. I mean, there is no maybe more fun player than Rob Gronkowski, but right now we do not love his fantasy football outlook for 2020. We're very down on him. And Johnny, I think it really just comes down to so many cooks in the kitchen for Tampa Bay, so many mouths to feed. Uh, you start at the top with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You then have to go to O.J. Howard still on the roster. No plans to move him as of yet. So then he's not only competing with these two mega studs at wide receiver, but then you've got a, a very talented tight end with him in that room. I know Tom Brady loves him. I get it. But there's just so many other options there. I just don't feel very comfortable that Rob Gronkowski is going to see the volume that he got in New England and the touchdowns that he got in New England to make it worth. And he's going so high in drafts because of that name value. Yeah, I, and then you look at the last time that Rob Gronkowski actually produced for a fantasy roster, and it's been more than three years. 
So uh, I understand that most people uh, view the tight end landscape as, you know, you've got the top three and then you've got everyone else, which in general is, is basically how it is. Um, you have these guys that could take the leap. And I just think that Rob Gronkowski, we've seen, you know, him at his best. I think that there are two, like you said, too many mouths to feed. I think that he'll have some games for sure where he'll have two touchdowns and, you know, maybe 60 yards receiving. But I don't know if you're going to be able to uh, pick out which games those are and rely on that steadily. So um, the draft capital is too much for me. So, yeah, I, I'm staying away from Rob Gronkowski this year. All right, so that wraps up our premium player projections. We've got every player you can think of fantasy relevant projected out this year. So get on over to the fantasywhispers.com. Get your draft kit today. Industry low price, $15. You cannot beat that, guys, for everything that we've put in here. So we want to wrap it up with our player profiles. Like the way we stat up all these players, we also write a profile on each one of them, give you a little bit of a narrative, a story for each player so you have an idea going into your draft where you should stand on each player. Chelsea, you do a lot of work helping us out with these profiles. You edit these, uh, help us edit these down, make sure we've got our punctuation on point, make sure we make sense. You know, we get we get into the wee hours in the morning sometimes. It's just not even making sense anymore what we're writing. But you help steer us. Any profiles that stuck out to you that you'd like us to kind of preview here for Whisper Nation? Yeah, um, I mean, I had a lot of fun reading through these. It's um, it's a lot. I mean, I read through them last year, too, and just to see the evolution in the profiles from year to year, um, how you bring in, you know, years worth of data into this to just give a really good snapshot of each of these guys. It's such a gift you're providing to Whisper Nation. So really excited to highlight a few of them right now. I wanted you guys to start with maybe Emmanuel Sanders profile. I know he's going to a new team. It's a new look this year. So maybe you can share that one with Whisper Nation. Yeah, we couldn't have been more wrong on Emmanuel Sanders last year. So I'm actually glad you brought it up this year uh, because we basically told Whisper Nation to stay away from him. uh, But then he did get traded. So I don't know if it was completely all of our faults. Uh, But yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, I'll read the file here. So Sanders proved the doubters wrong last year by not being traded, by not only being traded midseason from Denver to San Francisco and producing, but by helping San Francisco reach the Super Bowl. Coming off an Achilles injury last year, Sanders racked up nearly 900 yards and scored five touchdowns while landing within the top 36 at the position by year's end. It has been three years since Sanders has eclipsed 1,000 yards and four years since he had notched over five touchdowns. But there's likely no coincidence that the dip in production lines up with Sanders losing Peyton Manning to retirement. Sanders will sl- uh, Sanders is in luck, however, as he signed with the... Saints and future Hall of Famer Drew Brees. Sanders will slide in as likely a third option in this passing attack, but given his current draft price, Sanders is a competent veteran wide receiver in a great offense, and you could do a lot worse for wide receiver depth in 2020. Big fan of Sanders this year. I think think he's got a a lot of upside in that offense. We saw just the touchdown upside that Jarrett Cook had last year. Uh, If he really starts to vibe with uh, Drew Brees and has that upside potential. I mean, you look out and you he's basically so cheap right now. Well, and they've been looking for a wide receiver too for a long time. So it gives you confidence to see that not only did he get traded midseason uh, and go over to a team and, and produce, but, uh, or, you know, so we've seen it before, but he also did it midseason, which is much more difficult to do. So uh, I I do like 
I like him with, with New Orleans Saints. I think that he'll get uh, a good amount of volume and it'll be a good flex, flex-worthy option for you. For sure. Well, Chelsea, and then given the yeah, given some of the changes that we're still anticipating this off season, I wanted you all to read Dalvin Cook's profile. I know that's going to be one that changes, so why not share it now? All right, Johnny, you want me to? I'll read that one. Yeah, I love to okay. hear your voice when you read it. It's like story <laughs> yeah, time. I'm so. sure you do. Okay. After Dalvin Cook was robbed of his 2017 rookie season and his 2018 sophomore season by back-to-back ACL then hamstring injuries, Cook's 2019 was under quite the microscope. All the attention seemed to prove as motivation for Cook as he rushed for over 1,100 yards and punched in 13 touchdowns on his way to an RB5 overall finish in most formats. Cook's unique skill set was on full display last year, racking up over 500 receiving yards as well. With Gary Kubiak and his famed zone rushing scheme taking over as full-time offensive coordinator and last year's target leader for the Vikings, Stephon Diggs, off to Buffalo, Cooks looks poised for another top-five season on pure usage alone. There is a caveat, however. Cook and his camp are now rumored to be disrespected by the Vikings' latest contract offer and plan on holding out if no extension is reached. If Cook is still in holdout mode, Come the time of your draft and his ADP is in the top of the first round, you may want to look elsewhere unless you're willing to snag Alexander Madison early enough to guarantee your backfield security. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought this one up, Chelsea, because I think it really just speaks to the fact that you need to have a contingency plan if you do plan on taking Cook. We have no problem with you wanting to absorb that risk with Dalvin Cook because of the upside, as it's pointed out here in the profile. Just make sure you have a plan either for Madison or with a, a, a laundry list of guys in the back end at running back that can help mitigate that risk for you. Johnny knows all too well about Melvin Gordon last year and, and w- the pain that can cause. Uh, so, Johnny, do you have any insight to that kind of situation? Well, I will say that when he, like when he stabbed. Re- yeah, but I was, yeah, for as low as it was uh, for the first five weeks, I'll tell you, when I heard he was coming back, I was probably the happiest I was all last season. Uh, so uh, there's that. If you want excitement halfway through your season, then then go ahead. No, in all reality, um, Dalvin Cook is someone that I was pretty low on coming into you know building the draft kit. And after looking at a lot of the things, I've actually come around and and we have Dalvin Cook as a um, another like we'll give a another little secret here. Secret, secret, whisper, whisper. Uh, Dalvin Cook actually came in as our number two overall running back uh, in our projection. So if if he can come back before and and doesn't do this holdout, uh, I definitely think that there is, is some real value there. Uh, but again, I do think that if he does come back, he will probably come off the board as the number two uh, running back overall. So you, you do have that. But I would agree that Dalvin Cook does have the upside. We've seen it. He's got, as long as he stays healthy, he's a great running back and he's going to produce for your fantasy team. Absolutely. Chelsea, did you have any others for us? Yeah, I got two more. I know there's dozens and dozens of profiles, so we're certainly not selling it all out right now. (laughs) Um, And sort of as you mentioned earlier, it's just so great flipping through this. It's such a a visual piece as well. So it's not just all the reading, but getting to flip through uh, this amazing book that you're creating. It's really awesome. So two more want to read. We'll throw it over to the tight end market. And this one just had me cracking up. 
uh, data numbers, stats, sure, but a little humor as well. So maybe you can read Jimmy Graham's tight end profile for us. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this one's a little close to my heart because Jimmy Graham played for the Packers last year. So I, I may have burned him a little bit. I may be burned and burned him a little bit in here. So hopefully Sounds he's great. not listening and take uh, take any offense to this. No, I hope he is listening. And then he asks you, dude. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, okay. Well, fair enough. At this point in his career, Jimmy Graham has more name value than fantasy value on your roster. He showed many times last year that he is more of a lumbering decoy than the weapon from his latter days in New York and Seattle. You can do better for a late tight end in 2020 than Jimmy Graham. Jeez, dude, Sorry, Jimmy. brutal. <laughs> that was brutal. That was rough, dude. Please, yeah. uh, please do not write... Um, my uh, player profile when I like die. Don't write my obituary, man. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't like, that'll be, I felt like that's what I was writing with Jimmy Graham. Oh, yeah, lumbering decoy well, created. Create the visual. Yeah, yeah. I will say you, if if you draft Jimmy Graham on your fantasy roster this year, you might be writing an obituary for your team because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would agree with all of that. I am staying away from Jimmy Graham. No, thank you. No, not interested. Not even remotely. <laughs> Have a nice day. Next window, sir. Uh, whatever you want to say. Yeah, keep going. All right, all right. Final one, last but not least. Eh? Final one, last but not least, and I thought we would end it on a high note. Uh, Tom Brady. Let's hear what Thomas you have projected Brady. for Thomas Ooh. Brady. Yeah, I'm intrigued by this one. <laughs> I think everyone is. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a guy that our projections showed was going to be, you know, very profitable with these wide receivers. So I'm excited to jump into this. I think we yeah. mentioned earlier a really high touchdown potential yeah 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 definitely there and that really has a lot to do when you're looking at it with godwin and mike evans and their touchdown rate over their career has been very high just based and then this offense so it's going to be really good all right tom brady here we go after 20 years two decades and six nfl championships tom brady is doing what every successful new englander dreams of heading down to florida Tom Brady and the Patriots did not come to terms this offseason, and Brady instead chose to take his talents to Tampa Bay and join the Buccaneers. Brady will be joined by maybe the most elite pass-catching group he's ever had in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, and even O.J. Howard. The offensive weapons are plentiful for Brady, and he will have every opportunity to prove to the world that his fantasy football production dip the last few years was due to the Patriots leaving his cupboard bare. Brady will take over an offense under Bruce Arians that threw for 4,845 4, yards, which was the most in the NFL last season. They were also third in attempts, and given Arians' play-calling style and the two stud wide receivers at his disposal, we can see why. Brady is a lock to be a top-10 QB in fantasy given the offense and weapons in his arsenal, though he won't have the ceiling of some of the mobile quarterbacks around him in drafts. I think this uh, profile painted a good picture of the fact of the upside that he does have. We talked about it in the projections, the upside he has, uh, nearly 40 touchdowns of upside with those two wide receivers. But also I thought it painted a good picture as far as if you're stuck between him and a mobile quarterback because of the upside, you may want to go with the mobile quarterback depending on who it is. And I think what comes to mind for me, Johnny, if we get word that Cam Newton is healthy, I'm probably taking Cam Newton over – Tom Brady only because of that rushing floor that Cam Newton's going to give you every week. Yeah, there's something real tantalizing about 
Cam Newton in New England and then all the videos that you're seeing of Cam Newton coming out, you know, saying what kind of quarterback New England's getting and how he's a dog and how he's hungry and all this. And it has me really excited. And, and to be honest with you, yeah, if I'm sitting in a draft and I'm looking at those two quarterbacks, you know, it's it's going to be hard because you definitely – when I first saw what we have projected for Tom Brady – it seems crazy, but then you break it down. And you're like, it's very realistic that Tom Brady, you know, if at the end of this year we're we're looking back and we're saying Tom Brady threw for 50 touchdowns, are you going to be surprised? No, because yeah, Tom, Tom Brady threw for 50 touchdowns, won his seventh ring. Would I be surprised? No, I'd be sick. I'd be over it. Right. And so, um, but yeah, you certainly, uh, you do see the, what, the allure of a rushing quarterback has and what the floor of a rushing quarterback has. So um, I don't think I, I thought you hit it, hit it on the on the head there. And I think it, it says it well on the on the profile. Tom Brady will be a top 10 quarterback this year. I fully believe that uh, the question is, do you want something like that or do you want to have the you know higher baked in floor uh, based on the rushing with the cam with Cam Newton and the higher upside, in my opinion? All right. Well, thank you so much for picking those ones out, Chelsea. Uh, that was we, awesome. We love diving into those. That was a lot of fun. We love diving into this thing because we can give you just a snapshot, whisper nation of what this draft kit entails, and you can get your own copy and dive into this thing and spend hours of your isolation and lockdown and quarantine diving into the numbers here and getting yourself prepared for your draft in this or this fall. Uh, you can go over to thefancywhispers.com, download your kit today for $15 only. I'm telling you, that's a smoking deal for all the knowledge that we've packed into here. Whisper Nation, we hope you enjoyed this show. We hope you like and subscribe over on YouTube and follow us on all podcast platforms. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, Chelsea Lee Byers, I'm Big Travi. We are the Fancy Whispers, and we are out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.